As a leader of your company, you must stay up to date with your strategies and execution or risk obsolescence. Welcome to the Finnovate Show, financial services innovators bringing you the future today. And now, here's your host, Jerry Purcell. It's the Finnovate Show, brought to you by Innovation 360 Group. I'm Jerry Purcell. Get ready to think about your biggest challenges and capitalize on your biggest opportunities after this. Executives depend on external consultants to fill knowledge and experience gaps or to have an experienced mind audit their thinking. The Innovation 360 Group brings together a wide range of proven thought leadership from around the globe and cost-effectively makes it available to you. Get the insights, advice, and systems you need to succeed. Learn more at www.innovation360.com. Our guest today is Rick Lunny, who's the CEO of Manual Life Bank of Canada. A much sought-after change agent, uh, Rick knows how to use his experience to leverage technology and transform businesses in the financial services industry, and it brings a consistent record of achieving high levels of customer and employee satisfaction and getting the most out of his people in roles across several of Canada's largest financial institutions. As CEO of Manulife Bank of Canada, Rick is focused on driving change and innovation. And today, we'll talk about financial services and explore some learnings drawn from a long and successful career. Rick, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jerry. So for those who don't know much about Manulife Bank of Canada, maybe you could tell me a little bit about it. Okay, sure. I'll give you a little background. You know, I've been involved in banking for about 30 years, and I've seen the industry involve uh, significantly along with the needs of Canadians. And what attracted me to Manulife Bank uh, about six years ago, because it was so different than other banks. It, it may be the first digital bank in Canada. It's never had any branches, and it's been around since 1993. And it has evolved. So today, we're a full-service digital bank offering everything from everyday bank accounts uh, to mortgages and more. And and what, what is key about Manulife Bank is that it offers an alternative to the uh, traditional banks. And we do this through product innovation and customer experience. And really, we've done this because all of our digital products and tools and services are designed to align to our customers' needs in the best interest of our customers. You know, as an example of that, we unveiled recently a digital banking package that provides unlimited transactions as long as you save $100 a month. Now, what's innovative about that is the fact that we provide an insight card that appears every time you go on your mobile banking app, and it shows you how close you are to reaching the $100 so you don't have to pay the $10 fee. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So, So I guess talking about innovation today is right up your alley. Uh, hopefully, yes. <laughs> so for your bank, I guess one could imagine that the, uh, the quote, pivot into the new environment might have been easier, but perhaps there were some challenges in you know, changing into this new, uh, new crisis environment that we're entering into. What, what sort of implications did it have for your bank? 
Yeah, I mean, we were fortunate that, you know, as being part of the Global Financial Services Group of Manulife, we had a a well-developed pandemic plan. But, of course, we didn't plan for everything. And, uh, you know, throughout the whole pandemic, our priority has been the health and safety of our customers and our employees. But, you know, things happen that you don't anticipate. We have a number of support people offshore and we had to scramble really quickly when we received short notice uh, that the roads and the transportation systems were shutting down in the number of hours. Uh, so we had to move quickly and rent out local hotels near our operations center because our employees didn't have laptops at the time, just to ensure that our staff uh, would be available to service our clients' needs. And then, you know, on, on a more personal basis, I was up north at our cabin on St. Patrick's Day weekend, and the following Monday was set up as a uh, test from everybody for working from home from North America. And it worked so well that virtually nobody returned to the office uh, on after that. And I stayed at my cabin for as long as the quality of the internet uh, would hold up, which was several months. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. So your sales force is uh, virtual, but it's also physical, right? You, you deal through your advisors. How has it affected the advisors that you sell through? Yeah, we deal with both the uh, independent advisor network and the uh, mortgage broker network. And, uh, you know, so that in an industry that is geared towards face-to-face businesses in terms of, you know, wet signatures in the mortgage business. And, uh, you know, we have to deal with appraisers and title insurers and lawyers and notaries and all of those types of procedures. We had to act quickly to adjust to how we were delivering our business. I would say one of the big surprises was how quickly the various regulators agreed to digital and virtual processes that they had resisted for so long. I do hope that those uh, procedures stay in place from the regulators' point of view. Now, we were fortunate that we, you know, being a digital bank, we had products on the shelf that we could enable for better customer experiences. For example, we have an artificial intelligence chatbot. Well, we uh, basically amended our bank app to provide in-app experience for customers that had any COVID-19 related questions in terms of debt relief and other questions. So let's just probe on that a little bit. I, I remember talking to you about this before. The chatbot sort of learns from conversations and then can actually have a conversation that perhaps might even feel like it's it's a real person at the other end. Tell me a little bit more about it. Yeah, I mean, we don't hide the fact that you're talking to a virtual assistant. And, and we, we, as you're right, we learn from the questions asked. And so as a result, we can start responding to customers in terms of their spending habits and where they're spending their money and what categories they're spending their money in. And then this was a whole new level up when we introduced uh, the COVID-type questions. And uh, it what it really did is it resonated well with the customers, and it took a lot of pressure off the call centers at the same time. I know one of the most uh, or more important uh, metrics that you use is your uh, customer satisfaction and your NPS scores and stuff like that. How has the the change in the business impacted your customer experience scores and things? Yeah, well, I think we were fortunate. You know, at first, uh, the load on the call centers uh, across the business when people were asking questions, um, we did see sort of a brief dip. But our customers, um, they most of them appreciated the circumstances that we were in with, with virtually everybody working from home and responding to those. And then as we implemented more and more digital processes, um, such as we digitized the application process for people that are looking for deferred mortgage relief. So we saw the um, the pressure reduce on our call centers, and then we saw our uh, NPS and satisfaction scores return to normal. 
Very interesting. So I've been following Manulife for a while, and, and it's a very innovative place. And you mentioned your all-in-one banking package and stuff. Are there innovations that you think are, are noteworthy from Manulife Bank? Well, you know, sometimes, Jerry, you, you don't seem, you don't feel you're as innovative as you are. I mean, you mentioned the all-in-one uh, banking package, and we have a, a Manulife One product, which is a uh, offset mortgage, you know, the kind that sort of originated in Australia. Um, so we saw the versatility and flexibility of that product through the height of the COVID-19 crisis because this allowed our customers to fluctuate their their payments in in terms of their ability to pay. So as a result of that, we saw a small fraction of our customers requiring payment relief compared to the the numbers that were um, publicized in the banking industry. So what what was your biggest surprise, do you think, from the events over the last little bit or or in terms of thinking about the future? What what sort of things do you think uh, that you hadn't counted on or hadn't planned for? Well, we did see a, a uh, rapid decline in the use of cash uh, in society, and uh, there's been a long-term trend, but it, it fell off the cliff. I mean, from my, my perspective, um, I took out mach- uh, some money from an ATM in February, and haven't you know? And then last month was the first time in six months that I took out money. So we, we saw that, uh, and so it was good to be sort of in a digital place, but. It also, I think one of the big outcomes of this was our bank, you know, we're very focused on health and wealth and and in terms of managing your debt and your cash flow. But in the current crisis, we quickly realized that this is not a time for our customers to be managing their debt. It's cash flow that's key. So we could provide them advice either through our, our independent advisor network or digital advice on how better to manage their cash flow. This is where we felt we could uh, help uh, significantly on that front. The world is moving fast. It's difficult to keep up. Your executive team routinely needs new ideas to keep them ahead of the competition. Imagine having a plan in place in 30 days to focus your innovation efforts, improve customer experience, accelerate your move to digitization, or increase speed to market. Our guide to accelerating your innovation agenda provides you with insights and time-saving resources to plan your path forward. Contact Jerry to book a quick call or for your complimentary copy at www.linkedin.com backslash in backslash Jerry Purcell, G-E-R-R-Y-P-U-R-C-E-L-L, or email Jerry at jerry.purcell at innovation360group.com. So we'd spoken before about planning and and, uh, some of the things that you've been anticipating in terms of your business and whatever, And, and I think what you found is I'll let you tell me a little bit about it, but what you found is some of the things that you were working towards actually became much more important than, than in fact, you had expected. Well, I guess the digital front in, in particular, um, and we were in a good spot from that. But, you know, there also from, uh, you know, an, an employee engagement point of view, where all of a sudden our um, – we had a culture, fortunately, where about 30% of our employees were working from home. So when when that morphed into uh, almost everybody, um, you know, people 
adjusted, they adjusted well, but it really underscored the need for constant communication. That uh, you just can't communicate enough to your customers and your employees. It was it was very important for everyone to realize that you know we were in this together, and that we would work through it together, and we would constantly communicate with our customers, our customers and our employees. And, you know, when we don't have the answers, we admitted uh, we didn't have the answers. And then preserving the humanity of it, um, I found it quite useful that we were, we provided some regular videos from, from our cabin uh, indicating how the relationship with my wife and I was evolving over the period in the wilderness, you know, <laughs> but it shows your humanity overall. And, uh, and it also, you know, it gives you time to think about the future in terms of, you know, what is the future of financial services and how does that change? Uh, I think there's a tremendous opportunity to disrupt or gain market share in this industry. But it's not as easy as it looks. You know, we saw in the UK recently the, the challenges of some of the high profile fintechs. Uh, so being digital is just not enough. Uh, it has, it does pay to be a well capitalized and profitable uh, company and those doing it uh, successfully uh, you know they know how to focus on the customer in terms of the total experience and I, I think that's that's one of the keys coming out of this you know we we all adapted our, our practices and our, our buying habits through this you know I you know, did a lot of online purchasing and at times, you know, doing home repairs we put off for, for such a long period of time. And, and sometimes you'd get your package the same day. And then I had this big box store experience where it was on the shelf and it took them four days to get it from the shelf uh, to the customer pickup area. So customers, they, they've seen how people respond differently uh, in the current environment and they will gravitate to those that are uh, meeting their needs. Do you think the customer needs are changing or do you think that they'll just go back the way they were before once the, the crisis has abated? No, I think we're seeing a wholesale change here in in the marketplace that, you know, some people will go back to the old habits that they had before. But I, I think we're we've seen uh, across the board the advantages of of digital and how consumers don't have to go out to the stores and buy their heavy boxes of Tide and other things like that. Um, maybe they'll still want to go out and see the furniture they're buying and, and, and kick the tires, so to speak. But it's, I think it's important that they recognize that the, from that point of view, it's important that they're the financial service company or the company they're dealing with understands their needs and meets their needs in the way that they want to be served. One of the things I've noticed, because uh, I've got gray hair too, um, is that <laughs> we go through these crises and they tend to be all-consuming and people uh, get all focused on today and the things are going on and the issues and stuff. How do, how do you keep yourself and your team focused on the, at least enough of the of looking forward uh, to sort of plan for some of these innovations that are, are, are you know will be coming or that you'll introduce uh, into the market? Yeah, well, I think one thing we saw uh, across the board was that in a crisis environment, it was um, you had to make quick decisions and you nece didn't necessarily have the time to assess all of the information that you wanted to have to make that decision. And there was great delegation of authority just because it had to be done in the environment. Well, we saw the how quickly we could 
get to market or and, and everybody saw that and the, the key is how do we preserve that how do we preserve the fact that uh, more delegated authority and um, trusting people to do the right thing actually it gets you to market faster and and uh, it allows you to compete uh, more effectively and you end up with more engaged employees uh, along the way so how are your employees uh, weathering the storm so to speak um, they're doing very well, I, I would say. Uh, you know, with the, we were fortunate, as I, I said, that uh, uh, we were well equipped for that. And, and you know, there were some. You talked about innovation. There were some innovative uh, actions we took towards our employees at Manual Life. But one of the cool things was, you know, everybody, nobody was going to school, and and everybody was stuck at home. And we had a Manual Life camp for children, for employees' children, a virtual camp. And you know, that involved you know, sing songs and craft making and everything else and people got mailed a t-shirt and uh, it, it was you know a great way of how you could be innovative uh, in a somewhat restrictive uh, environment uh, and now you know when people are looking at in, in the current situation it's been six months or so and people are considering uh, you know when do we return to work and what's the environment going to be like I, I think it's really important that anyone in this situation considers the the regional differences um, in in the environment in the health environment um, everybody's employees needs are different whether it's young children or elderly parents uh, but overall, uh, what you want to do is reduce that anxiety. So if you can provide ample notice uh, to reduce that and give people time to prepare for what they have to do, uh, I think that benefits everybody. So you talked a little bit about the fintech environment in different parts of the world, but uh, you know, either in fintech or in the sort of established financial institutions, who do you think has really got it figured out? And not who do you want to be when you grow up, but how, where are you borrowing <laughs> some of your ideas from maybe or who's got it right, that kind of stuff? Yeah, well, I think the leaders are the companies that understand that there's a balance of when to build in-house and when it's best to, to seek out partners that are already doing what your customers need. And, you know, from my point of view, I don't, I don't think people should sort of look inward. They should look outward, outside of their own environment, outside of their own country, uh, their own industries, and say, what is working in those, and how how can those apply to to my industry? You know, we were looking at a car application app where it helps consumers decide what type of car they want to buy, and I was thinking that, well, that app might really work well in terms of choosing financial service packages. So the key is is to keep informed. About about what's happening everywhere. I mean, I use Twitter. <laughs> I find that that's the best way to keep informed as to what's going on everywhere, both inside and outside your industry. And then how can I apply those learnings to, to my industry and my situation? So, you know, I'm a new CEO of a small financial institution. I come to you. You've been around a while. What advice would you give me about things that I should be thinking about? Well, uh, I would say start with the customer. Uh, too many times we see products and services designed that aren't successful because the customer was not involved in the process from day one. There wasn't human-centric design. There wasn't a natural flow to the application or that sort of thing. And the other, as I said, you know, what's your core business? And if it's not software, um, you know, you have to decide whether it does make sense for you to build in-house or or to uh, to go outside. Now, it does create supply chain uh, management issues, so you have to be prepared that if you're going to do a lot of outsourcing, you have to be good at managing all of your suppliers and how they all weave together. 
but the advantage of the uh, traditional large players is gone. Um, you know, it constantly surprises me how Manulife Bank can can produce such digitally leading products and services for a fraction of uh, what it traditionally costs a large player to do, and and that's by sourcing, whether it's locally or internationally, people that can uh, meet your needs. So with all this digital and technology and stuff, cyber security and safety and stuff must be on your mind all the time. What kind of thoughts do you have about that or, or innovative ways of thinking about it, perhaps? Well, I think that's step one. You know, there there was a software company recently that approached us with an innovative idea that they felt that our customers would benefit from and before we'd even look at it we said well you got to pass all the security tests before you know show us what you've done on the security front before we even consider whether we want to use your product uh, and services uh, so i would say that's that's kind of job one in today's marketplace and the other element you know um, with all of the the high-profile breaches that you've seen with some uh, various large entities over the last few years, if if I was to go in the market with any type of digital product, I would just assume that everybody's identity <laughs> is out there somewhere and you better build in the uh, the various safety procedures and precautions and due diligence to, to ensure that you are dealing with who you think you're dealing with and at the same time make it a customer-friendly experience. So what's your biggest learning from your time as an executive in the financial services industry? I know it's a long time and maybe lots of things, but <laughs> that's quite a question. Pick one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think it, it all comes down to people, the quality of the people that you have. And, and if you assemble a, a great management team, and I always make it a practice to hire people smarter than me. And uh, as a result, it makes the job a lot easier. It allows someone in my position to focus on the more strategic elements of the business. And, and that way you, you can be assured that people are doing their jobs and they feel good about it and but I always sort of describe myself as someone who's like a hawk circling all the time just circling and watching and watching and and boy if there's something that needs my attention I just dive down and and uh, until I'm satisfied uh, I'm, I'm going to be all over it and uh, yeah, much to the chagrin sometimes of uh, of all the people around you sometimes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so um, so I, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to chat and, and uh, for being such a good sport about the questions. I think we'll leave the interview at that. But as always, uh, it's been a very, very interesting conversation, and I really appreciate your thoughts and uh, some of your unique perspectives on things. So that wraps up this episode, and I always like hearing your thoughts on today's or our other shows. Please keep the conversations going by commenting on LinkedIn. Go to www.innovation360.com to listen to more shows, download the transcription from today's show, or to contact today's guests. Thank you, Rick, for your time and attention. Thank you, Jerry. You've been listening to The Finnovate Show with Jerry Purcell. If you like the show, share it on your network and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can go to www.innovation360.com to listen to more shows, download the transcription from today's show, or to contact today's guest. This is The Finnovate Show, financial services innovators bringing you the future today. Today.